When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breaking news out of the NFL, the Chicago Bears trading receiver Chase Claypool in a 2025 seventh round draft pick to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a 2025 sixth round draft pick first reported by The Athletic. RC, talk to me. Well, this is something that the Chicago Bears wanted to do. Anytime you don't have a you have a guy who's a healthy scratch, but you also tell him don't show up to the game, it's more than about his play on the field. It's about who he is in the locker room. And I think that was very similar for Chase Claypool when leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though he's an extremely talented wide receiver. Now, if you're the Miami Dolphins, you take a flyer on him and you hope that you can get a body type, you can add speed to your team that you don't necessarily have in that form. You have a guy like a Jalen Waddle, you have Tyreek Hill, we know what HN and Raheem Mostert are in the backfield. Now having that big body guy that can go up and make some of those difficult catches in tough positions and at the goal line, that's what you have at Chase Claypool. And if it doesn't work, nothing's lost, you're still a great team, you're still an amazing offense, but if it does, you've picked up a very talented player for very little. RC, I gotta say this on national television, I gotta let everybody know this. I saw Chase, uh, Chase Claypool in Arizona uh, right before the Super Bowl. Chase Claypool, please listen to me, brother. Please listen to me. This ain't about football. RC, Bart Scott, Chris Canty, everybody know you can play. We saw your skills in Pittsburgh before you got traded to Chicago. You are developing a very bad reputation. If you are being moved out of Pittsburgh, and now they sit up there and you are literally a healthy scratch as RC just articulated. That is not about your game. It is about your character. And you, all you got to do is Google and research history and find out there are plenty of players, some more talented than you, some who were Hall of Famers, who no one wanted in their locker room for whatever reason. That is, the, that is the reputation you are developing. And if you don't turn it around, this could very well be your last stop. My brother, whatever it is going on up here, please get it together so you can shine and show the world what you can do as a football player. Because if you keep getting moved, the message is going to be indelibly sent. You're not somebody they want in the locker room, and they're not going to care about how you can play. They're not going to want you around them. RC, if I'm wrong, please let me know. Nope. All right. All right. Let's get to the Bears now, guys. Uh, Justin Fields and the Bears put on a first-half show against the Washington Commanders, a 40-20 win at FedEx Field on Thursday. Fields threw for three TDs in the opening two quarters to help the Bears to a 27-3 lead by halftime. Justin, how did it feel to get your first win of the regular season? Getting a dub after everything that's you know happened this year, you know everything in the media, everything on the outside, um, just just it just feels good when you can you can say that the hard work paid off. So again, I'm I'm proud of everybody in the building. I love everybody on my team, players, coaches, shoot everybody upstairs. I might not even know them, but I love y'all. 
look who's here. Hey now. This Canty suited and booted. We, we told him ahead of time he's coming on the show. Th ready thanks to go. for the heads up, <laughs> ready bro. To go. I appreciate it. Look. I can actually look respectable on the show. <laughs> look, Just want to say that. Looking <laughs> dapper. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great to have you here. Uh, Chris, did Justin Fields prove he should be the Bears quarterback of the future? No. No. How, how can we say he's proven that? He has 30 starts and he's got a grand total of six wins. He's proven nothing. Since he's come into the league, you're talking about a guy that's 30th in QBR. The only current quarterbacks that he's ahead of, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson, and Bryce Young. So, no, Justin Fields hasn't proven anything. We do know that Justin Fields has a lot of talent. He has a lot of potential. But as my former head coach Bill Parcells used to say, potential just means you haven't done it yet. And what I mean by not having done it yet with Justin Fields is being able to put together the level of consistency that it takes to give your team an opportunity to win week in, week out. Listen, we all understand that it hasn't been an ideal situation in Chicago. But the reason why teams draft quarterbacks so high is because they help the team overcome things that are deficiencies, things that might not necessarily be great. That's what we see from the great quarterbacks eventually. With Justin Fields, it still feels like we're asking the question, can he be a franchise quarterback? If you have to keep asking the question, eventually we're going to land on the answer being no, and I'm already there when it comes to Justin Fields. When you look at the opportunity of cost associated with passing on quarterbacks in this year's draft, you passed on C.J. Stroud, you passed on Anthony Richardson. The prospects of the Chicago Bears with draft capital in the top ten next year passing on next year's class that features Caleb Williams and Drake May, I just don't know that Justin Fields can do enough for the remainder of the season where the Bears can justify making that decision to commit to him yet again and pass on all the other quarterbacks in next year's draft class. You were supposed to pass on see. Anthony Richardson. You were supposed to pass on C.J. Stroud. Justin Fields was coming off of a year where he rushed for nearly 1,000 yards. Justin Fields was coming off of a year where we saw the talent as a passer, if not the production that you felt like you needed. We also knew that Justin Fields wasn't surrounded by the sort of players that allows quarterbacks to show their skill set. Justin Fields isn't in a situation like Brock Purdy's in in San Francisco where a five-yard pass, where a swing pass behind the line of scrimmage, where a 15-yard pass can turn into more yak than Marcus Spears and Shannon Sharp consume in a week. That's not the situation he's in. It's not the same situation that you're in if you're the Miami Dolphins with this explosive running game, with this creative coach and Mike McDaniel that puts your team in situations where if you go through your progressions correctly, you can count that everybody moves as your eyes moves. The plays work out as your plays are supposed to work out. And your guy that you said that's going to be open the entire week will be open so you can be that quick and getting the football out of your hands. Justin Fields has been in a different situation. Now, here's why I actually agree with what Chris is saying. Justin Fields can be a franchise quarterback, has the talent to be a franchise quarterback. I believe he's a franchise quarterback. That franchise just may not be the Chicago Bears. If the Chicago Bears are looking at this draft, looking at the way that they can build around the assets they already have, the assets they can acquire if Justin Fields is moved, you say to yourself, okay, we have a DJ Moore. Let's work on getting his contract done. We can get a Marvin Harrison Jr. More importantly, if we can get Caleb Williams, I don't believe this conversation extends to Drake May yet. If we can get Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams is a transcendent talent at the position. The dude is different. I've got to see it in, per in person. He literally puts himself in adverse situations purposely just so he can have some fun and not be so dang bored playing.
If that's the route you want to go if you're Ryan Poles, that makes sense to me. But to say that Justin Fields can't be a franchise quarterback, I'm not ready to land on no. Are we still asking that question? Absolutely. And I think his surrounding cast, his supporting cast, his coaching staff is also a part of that, but he has to elevate his individual play. But what I do agree with is it may not be for the Chicago Bears, and that's the decision that Ryan Poles and that organization will be tasked with for the rest of the season. Well, I, I don't disagree with any of that, and I certainly don't agree that Justin Fields has proven he's the Bears quarterback of the future. What I would ask this question is, what I would ask, though, is this. What if Last night continues. Let's pay attention to something. The first three games, Field had thrown what's classified as bad throws or you know poor throws, 17 different times in the first two game in the first three games. Hasn't done it in the last two. Okay, I already throw out the perfect passer rating since he's connecting with DJ Moore. They're clearly developing a level of symmetry. RC, you just brought up how they may have to pay DJ Moore. They're looking to pay DJ Moore. Well, if you've developed this level of synergy with a guy of his caliber, as, as, as Justin Field apparently has, what do you do then? Because you have a receiver that's, you know, basically maturated to working with this particular quarterback Together, they're effective. Offensively, their level of play has elevated, has elevated exponentially. And as a result, they become more successful. What are we going to do then? I'm saying that I don't think Justin Fields has proven anything. But since we all knew that he wasn't really the problem in Chicago over these previous 14 games where they couldn't win a damn game in almost a, cal a full calendar year and they lost nine straight home games. And we were talking about the coach and we were talking about the organization. We were talking about the absence of personnel. We looked at last year and how he didn't really have any receivers to go to, et cetera, et cetera. Well, now that you do have a receiver and y'all are balling together, if you continue to ball together and you start being more proficient and effective offensively, where do we go then? It is a legitimate question for contemplation in the weeks to come. Stephen A., I'm still stuck on the they thing, made the right sorry, decision yeah. passing on C.J. Stroud because that guy through the first four games is quarterback in an offense that's in the top ten in the National Football League. I got more mm -hmm. optimism that he will develop into a franchise quarterback with his current team than the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields. And since we're on the Bears and we're talking about a potential coaching change, don't you think if you're their new team president, Kevin Warren, that if you're hiring a new head coach, you might want to give that guy the option of picking his own quarterback? If all of those things could be true, if it's truly trending in that direction and losing 14 of your last 15 games seems like it is, then it feels like it's the responsible thing for the organization okay. to sell Justin Fields high and try to get as big a return on that investment, knowing that you need right. draft picks to build for the future. Yeah. Go ahead, R.C. Now, the, the, the passing on C.J. Stroud to me is more a Carolina problem than a Chicago Bears problem because we have to remember I agree with the that. Chicago Bears were going to pick first, and many people thought that it would be Bryce Young as the number one overall pick before they started the evaluations to the draft and once those evaluations were done and ready for draft time. What's important now is how you move forward and what do you see in a guy like a Caleb Williams and how you can build your team based on the rookie contract that he'd have for the next five years as opposed to having to figure out what to do with Justin Fields next year or the year after. 
Speaking of Chicago, gentlemen, a very difficult day for the football world. Bears legend Dick Buckus died at the age of 80 in a statement released through the Bears saying that if we could continue that died peacefully overnight while sleeping at home in Malibu, California. The fierce tackling middle linebacker made the Pro Bowl in eight of his nine seasons before a chronic knee injury abruptly ended his career in 1974 at the age of 31. He amassed over 1,000 tackles, 22 interceptions. He was named first team All-Pro five times, was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility in 1979. Our thoughts and prayers are with his loved ones. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. And this Sunday night will feature a huge NFC match between familiar opponents Dak Prescott and the Cowboys head to San Fran in hopes of redemption against the 49ers who had their number the last two years. Dallas has had their season ended by the Niners both years, uh, reviving the rivalry and setting the stage for Sunday night. Dak, how significant is this matchup? This game's got a, a lot of good that can come from. It means more than just one game um, from a team that's been consistent in the past few years, knocked us out of the playoffs in the last two years. Um, there's a lot that we can gain from this win um, that makes it definitely more than just one game. But at the end of the day, we know we're confident as hell in who we are and what we've got and what we can bring to the table and where this team is and where this team has grown in the past couple of years. So uh, excited as hell for the matchup. All right, S.A., before you get into this, I just want to remind you, we're all going to be in studio together on Monday. We'll have this <laughs> tape ready for you, so just be careful what you say. Is this a must-win for the Cowboys? Well, me personally, I think it is from a, uh, in all seriousness, just from a confidence perspective. Now, the, the, it, it can work in reverse, and, and even though I joke around when I say this, I actually mean it. 
uh, the more expectations are heaped on the shoulders of the Dallas Cowboys, the more they fail to show up, meaning Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy specifically. But in the same breath, if you were to lose this game, expectations may dwindle. And as a result, the Dallas Cowboys could ultimately rise to the occasion and end up upending somebody come playoff time, which I sincerely doubt will happen. I'm just of the mindset that watching them this year, in all seriousness, looking at their efficiency or lack thereof in the red zone, going from 71% last year efficiency to 37% this year, scoring 29-plus points per game last year, but getting rid of your offensive coordinator, taking the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands because we want to be a bit judicious and we want to spread the ball around. We want to run the football more. We want to milk the clock more. We want to spell for our defense more. To me, what they're negating and they're not paying enough attention to is that in the end, the Dallas Cowboys have had a roster that's capable of beating most of the teams in the National Football League. The problem hasn't been an absence of talent. The promise has been, the problem has been uh, absence of elevated level of play when the moments call for it, particularly about by their quarterback. And so when I look at it from that perspective, it's going to come down to back Dak Prescott and, and sort of shielding him from being in those moments. I don't think it's something that's going to help him down the pike. And when I look at Mike McCarthy, I think more attention needs to be brought his way because as Ryan Clark highlighted in hour number one, along with Bart Scott, you had the number one offense in the red zone last year. You were highly efficient. You were scoring more than 29 points a game. And you got rid of your offensive coordinator. And you said, I want to be the dude that calls those plays. I want to have this on my shoulders. Well, it's on Mike McCarthy it just as much, if not more, than Dak Prescott. So I think all of those things contribute to really, really pushing it up as being a must-win situation because if that's not the case, we're all going to look at the Dallas Cowboys with a raised eyebrow, but not collectively as a team. We're going to look at Dak Prescott, and we're going to look at Mike McCarthy. I, I think this is about the collective team, and the problem that we have is outside of locker rooms, outside of these organizations, we do heap too much praise on quarterbacks, and I also believe sometimes too much criticism. Dak Prescott has played well in the regular season against the San Francisco 49ers, and you talk about expectations, not rising to expectations or the potential for those expectations to heap too much pressure on the Dallas Cowboys and they not be able to meet them. That's not what we're getting to this time. I believe most people think that the San Francisco 49ers at this point have a more talented roster than the Dallas Cowboys, especially with the loss of Trayvon Diggs on the outside. Debo Samuel, although slightly banged up, is opposite Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle at the tight end position, Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in football, in my opinion right now, and playing at an extremely high level with the play caller and Kyle Shanahan that is second to league. This is the game to me where the Dallas Cowboys are the underdog and the Dallas Cowboys have to go into this game believing they're the underdog. And so to me, it's not Mike McCarthy protect Dak Prescott. It's me, let Mike McCarthy set Dak Prescott free. Set him free of everything. Set him free of any shackles that say we're not going to push the football down the field. Any shackles or any handcuffs that says we have to make sure you don't turn it over. Why not? What is there to lose, right? There is no way to try to think about winning this game as for what it means for winning this game. Winning this game only adds to what it means for your opportunity to win a championship. And anything short of that for the Dallas Cowboys this year is a failure. It's a failure for Jerry Jones. It's a failure for Mike McCarthy. It's a failure for Dak Prescott. So why are we playing around with it? 
Brock Purdy gets to be that. Brock Purdy gets to throw the ball 5, 10, 15 yards down the field and allow everybody else to do what they have to do. He is truly Mr. Irrelevant. The dude still got roommates. See. Dak Prescott ain't got roommates. <laughs> Dak Prescott got a mansion. And he got to go out and play ball. He really is. He got to go out and I, win I see, it. I see. And if they don't, then make the de- – I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I, 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 I say, I say a couple of things. Number one, he's not the only one with a mansion. You have one. Number two, <laughs> um, I do understand. I do understand that you're accustomed. I do understand that, do that you're accustomed house? to really going up. And I, I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm trying to say. I mean, you know, you are in your house. You chill. It's a very nice house, by the way. Number two, you haven't answered the question, my brother. Is it a must <sighs> win for the Cowboys? No. No, it's not. Okay. It's okay. not a must okay. win because they've won in the season before and still lost in the playoffs. I know Canty okay. has to go, though, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> all right, all right. It's all right. Hey, man, it's, right. it's a must win because they're telling us a must win. It's just that simple. Jerry Jones going on the local radio and saying this is a measuring stick game. Jonathan Hankins talking about this game means more than just a regular, regular season game. Then Michael Parsons saying he can't sleep. He's excited. He's doing the extra when it comes to the preparation because of how important this game is. The Dallas Cowboys have been chirping an awful lot about this game. So beyond just the hype that the media and the fans put on it, they're doing that inside of the building because they want to see how close they are to being one of the most complete teams in football. And the San Francisco 49ers right now are the standards. Similar to what we saw in week four with the Bills and the Dolphins, the Dolphins were the complete team. The Bills had all the questions in this matchup. The 49ers are the complete team. The Cowboys have all of the questions, and it's the Cowboys that have a lot to prove, not just to everybody else, but to themselves. Now, as far as the tail of the tape, these two teams are right there. I mean, last year, Cowboys had eight pro bowlers. The 49ers had seven. A head coaching matchup, McCarthy's been to four conference championship games. Kyle Shanahan has been to three. When it comes to the offenses and defenses, both are top five when it comes to points. So these teams are evenly matched. The questions that we have around the Dallas Cowboys is can the quarterback step up and be a force multiplier when all else is equal? That is the headline of this game, and the footnote to it is what's going on around the head coaches with McCarthy and Kyle Shanahan. But Dak Prescott has got to go out there and play well. There is literally no scenario where the Cowboys can pull off a road win in San Francisco if Dak doesn't play well. And that's why the owner mentioned him by name when he went out and said, and I quote from Jerry Jones, if we maximize what we're doing with Dak and execute, there's no reason Physically, mm-hmm. no reason scheme-wise that we can't go out there and play well enough to win well, a football game. He said the player, they, Dak Prescott, he gave the head coach mm-hmm. credit with the scheme. He gave mm-hmm. the talent mm-hmm. on the roster credit with the physical toughness. It's about uh, Dak Prescott going out and being a difference. There is I, – I can't – RC, I just can't hold back. I just can't hold back. There is a scenario oh my gosh. that can exist where this really, really works – the Dallas Cowboys can go out there. They can win the game, there Chris Canty, by doing everything you highlighted. Dak Prescott could play all out. Mike McCarthy could do an exceptional job calling the game. Jerry Jones, all the plays and the players that he highlights can show up and produce because we know Michael Parsons them go produce, but the other mm-hmm. guys could do it too. And then it elevates expectations. <laughs> Because we know what happens. We know what happens when the Dallas Cowboys have expectations placed on their shoulders. You're the villain. This could end up working 
in the long run, no matter Stephen how you Stephen A. Stars it. and soap operas, ladies and gentlemen. All right, the I'm Niners are favored by four. And RC, it. I can't believe you had okay, Stephen Brace. A. at your house. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tomorrow, we have the annual Red River Rivalry game. Number 12, Oklahoma takes on number 3, Texas at the Cotton Bowl. Noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on ABC, the ESPN app. The College Game Day crew gets it all started in Dallas at 9 Eastern. Speaking of the Game Day crew, our Heisman Trophy winner, Desmond Howard, with us live from the Texas State Fair. Des, I need, we, we don't have a full shot. People, There we go, there we go. Des, I want some churros and, you know, go out there and win some prizes i'm kind of i'm kind of jealous right now <laughs> i got you i'll do that for you i'm gonna have a lot of fun this afternoon i can't wait you certainly are good spot to be all right so we just talked about game day being there the huge game between texas and oklahoma has texas looked like the best team in college football to you well, Texas, so far, they, they have the best win. I mean, going down to Tuscaloosa, and I'm talking about soundly beating Alabama the way they did. I mean, it's not like you walked away from that game talking about, ah, well, Alabama, what they did this. Like, no, 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 no. It's nothing they could have done that day because Texas was the better team. So they got the best win. Quinn Ewers is playing better than, well, just as well as any quarterback in the nation. What really jumped out to me was their defense. No one expected their defense to be as great as they are right now. Defensive front is very fast and athletic, but then Jalen Ford, uh, linebacker, 32 tackles, 16 solo tackles. I just love the way their defense has come together in 2023. So I believe they have the best win. But one of the best teams that we're not talking about is out there on the West Coast in the Pac-12. The Washington Huskies, this group right here is a problem, especially offensively. So make sure you pay attention to, uh, to the Washington Huskies because they're a team to be reckoned with, too. I mean, the way that Michael Penix Jr. is playing, and he got, he got the three best receivers in college football. You look at Rome, a doze right there. And then you got Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan. They have the best trio of receivers in the FBS. So keep an eye on the Washington Huskies. They're going to make some noise, and they have a big one next right. week against the Oregon Ducks at home okay. against at home for Washington. Yeah. 
Well, come and well, come holler at me when they face Oregon. Okay, come holler at me when they face Oregon. Because right now I want to focus on this Red River rivalry. Because here's my thing, Des. I'm suspect on this okay. particular game, not because of Texas. I'm yeah. just looking at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. They 5-0, and Brent Venables, he's doing a good job this far. They undefeated 5-0 and in Oklahoma. But then yeah. I look at their schedule. Arkansas State, yeah. SMU, right. Tulsa, yeah. Cincinnati, yeah. and Iowa State. Yeah. Now, forgive me, yeah. but uh, you know, I'm not moved. I'm not moved by that schedule. Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't this end up being a blowout? Texas, Oklahoma, can't this end up being a blowout? Ooh. Ooh, you know what, Stephen, I'm glad you brought that up because last year it was a blowout. Like, Texas beat Oklahoma 49-0. to zero. Almost hung half a hundred on a button. That game, Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma's quarterback, didn't play, and he's a difference maker. So, I, you know, I don't see a blowout. Do I see Texas winning? Yeah, I can see that happening, but I also can see Oklahoma pulling off the upset. Don't forget, Stephen, these games are so huge because there's always one team that's an underdog and, there's, and the other team that's a huge favorite, and then the underdog prevails. He upsets the huge favorite, and then that's when you have the rivalry going back and forth. So Texas coming in with a bunch of hype. You know, they're highly ranked. I picked them to be in the college football playoff at the end of the year. But this is D Dylan Gabriel's moment. This is going to be the soonest time and opportunity to knock off the Longhorns. That's why we're all here, man. That's why it's the Red River rivalry. Yeah, and that's why you're at the Texas State Fair with the Ferris wheel behind you. Who's on higher upset alert, Des? Is it Bama <laughs> or Georgia? Ooh-wee. Well, you know, Molly, if, if the Georgia game was on the road, Georgia, their home game against Kentucky is in between the, the hedges. So I like Alabama to be on upset alert simply because they're on the road and and A&M, they always play them pretty tough. Like the Aggies could have won last year in Tuscaloosa. Don't forget, that's a game that um, Bryce Young did not play. And Jalen Milrow was the, co the quarterback for Alabama. And they almost lost that game in Tuscaloosa. Now Jalen Milrow, he has to go on the road to College Station and going up against this Aggies team that's looking for a signature win. I think defensively, the Aggies should have enough athletes on defense that they can put a spy on Jalen Milrow, keep him in the pocket, and make him try to beat them with his arm as opposed to um, his legs. So this is going to be a great matchup. So if the one of the two teams is going to be on upset alert, Alabama or Georgia, I will pick Alabama because they're on the road. I got to tell you something right now. I've been walking around here, Des, and I meant to ask you this last week, but I'm going to ask it again. Not only are they undefeated okay. at 5 and 0, oh, but they are the reigning defending two-time national champion Georgia Bulldogs. And I got to tell you, I don't yeah. know. I, I was wondering whether or not Kirby Smart got sick and was hospitalized and, and we just didn't know about him <laughs> or their players or something happened to them yeah. or the program got got suspended or something. I, we have heard nothing. <laughs> Nothing about yeah. Georgia this year. They're the reigning yeah. defending two-time national champions. Why is that the case? Yeah. Well, first off, I believe that Georgia, they have a pretty soft schedule. I think they have an easy schedule. I know they're in the SEC, so people think there's murder's row, but it's not always like that year in and year out. So first and foremost, I think their schedule is easy. Second of all, when they got into conference play, against South Carolina, and then again against Auburn. They got off to these really slow starts, and they had to fight back in the second half to win those games. So I believe that we're looking at a Georgia Bulldogs team that's still searching for the, their identity. They don't know who they are as a team. And when you go from a Stetson yeah. Bennett, who was never the best player on his team, 
but he was a Carson winner. Beck. He was the guy yeah. who would come through in the clutch when they needed him, and then you go down to Carson Beck, and you're still trying to figure out who you have in him. The, the saving grace for them right now, Stephen A. Smith, is Brock Bowers. Brock mm -hmm. Bowers is not only one of the most talented receivers in all of college football, and I dare not call him a tight end because he is a receiver, but he's just one of the best players in all of college football, and he was the player who saved them in the fourth quarter last week against Auburn. But outside of Brock Bowers, you really don't know what the Georgia Bulldogs bring to the gridiron. Yep. All right, Des, live your best carnival life today. And just in case you get thirsty, there's free refills behind you. I saw a big soda cup, so you, you, you can get after that. All right, Des, you're the best. Good to see you. Stephen A., I'm kind of jealous. Stephen A. will be live in Miami with the ACC Huddle Crew, 6.30 p.m. Saturday, leading into the ACC Network primetime game that night between Georgia Tech and Miami. The Super Team Square Off for the Chip, the 2023 WNBA Finals presented by YouTube TV, begins Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern on ABC. WNBA Countdown kicks off coverage 2.30 p.m. Eastern. All right, I got a quick take. The WNBA Finals matchup we all wanted to see. SA, who you got for the series? with the liberty for the upset. Yeah, yeah. New York has been starving for a championship. This is the best shot that we've had in Lord knows how long in capturing the championship. Asia Wilson, that's my girl. You know what level of affection I got for her because I was coaching the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game years ago when Mike Wilbon collaborated with the NBA and they cheated by giving me, giving them a bunch of ringers from Chicago to beat my team. But Asia stepped up and she tried to handle her business for me. I got love for her. But that's the one team the Aces have had a problem with this year. Ionesco and the crew, the Liberty, and I'm of the mindset that the Liberty is going to pull an upset. They're going to win the WNBA championship this year. I'm rolling with that. New York is SA. desperate. We'll SA. take whatever we can New do. York stand up, just like your next. New York stand up. Yeah, New York there stand we go. up. That's there right. We go. New York, New York. Yeah. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. I'm going to be honest with you. We always have fun on the show, but SA, after Thursday's show yesterday, we were just out of control. I was waiting to get a call yes, from a boss like, hey, you're in trouble, no. but I didn't. I wasn't. So that's I wasn't. A good sign. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. Listen, when the, when the boss is called half the time, they laughing. You know what I'm saying? It's all love. It's all love. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean, if Ryan, Clark, if Ryan Clark learned how to floor. smile more. You know, so if right, if right, so why? So what? The floor smiling. is there for a reason. You know, no, 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 no. I, I think that I think that RC comes on. He saves his frowns for first take. He saves his frowns for first take. I don't like that. That is like not. That. I'm just saying. I'm taking. I'm that taking. That is not pressure. true. Have a great time here. Have a great time. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. From your house. Okay. But we'll talk about that later. Talk about that later. Oh, you're not even. At, you're not even in studio. Don't start. I'm with the kids. I'm with the kids. I'm with don't the kids. Don't start. You're, you're with the, the young, you're you're with the young adults. For a week in L.A. 
You're in L.A. for a week. What? what? You're in L.A. for a week. Nobody tells you nothing. I am going back. All right, guys, let's argue about this later, okay? All our first world problems, seriously. In July, Sean Payton had some strong comments directed towards Nathaniel Hackett's coaching jobs with the Broncos last season. Here's what he told the USA Today, quote, it might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it is. Everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. Hackett asked about it yesterday. Did you ever talk to him? Like, at the no. time, he said he never. Nope. Did he reach out, or you didn't accept the call, or? Nope. Let's, let's put it this way, everyone. This this game is about those guys out on that field. This game is not about me. Uh, it's about me helping them during the week. Uh, but I just want I just want the guys to go out there and play a great game. That, that's all we're looking for. All right. Essay, what type of motivation does Sean Payton's comments from this offseason provide for this Jets game? I don't think much. Um, if Aaron Rodgers was out there, it would be different. And maybe Aaron Rodgers has had a contagious effect on the team despite him getting hurt the first offensive series of the season uh, because he vouched for Nathaniel Hackett. Anybody, I mean, boo-boo the fool knows that Nathaniel Hackett wouldn't have a job with the New York Jets as his offensive coordinator unless Aaron Rodgers wanted that to be the case. I mean, the job he did in Denver last year was flat-out offensive. I mean, it was damn near a crime. It was horrible. And we all know this to be true. We know how awful Denver's offense was. Now, that doesn't absolve Sean Payton from the classless way in which R.C. and others pointed out him saying what he had to say. Um, it, it, but he probably was frustrated because of the job he inherited. And then we see Denver this year, their defense being as porous as it is, okay? Allowing 78% completion percentage by opposing quarterbacks for 13 touchdowns, giving up 5.6 yards per carry defensively. But here's the thing, fellas. I would like to point this out. Um, I'm just looking at some stats here, and I'd like I'd just like to let y'all know. Last year's Denver's offense, there was much maligned under Hackett, averaged the league worst 16.9 points per game to go with 325 offensive yards per game. Do you know what Daniel, with Nathaniel Hackett in, in, in New York with the Jets? Do you know this year they're actually worse than that? They're averaging 15.5 points per game on 253 offensive plays. And so what I'm saying to you is that where he goes, inefficiency offensively follows. Meanwhile, in Denver, Sean Payton, defense horrible. Denver Broncos looking like pretty close to nothing. That offense is averaging 25 points per game and 333 yards per, uh, per game. Scoring is up eight points per game. So, Sean Payton is an offensive-minded coach that has arrived in Denver, and they're more efficient offensively. They're horrible defensively thus far, but they're more efficient offensively. Nathaniel Hackett, they were horrible in Denver last year, and offensively in New York this year, they're worse. I'm just saying, that's something that we can't ignore. Well, Stephen A., if there was ever a get-right game for an offense in the NFL, it's playing against the Denver Broncos defense, which is literally dead last in the NFL in yards and in points. But to your first point about this potentially being motivation for the Jets, even without Aaron Rodgers, it's absolutely motivation for the Jets because Sean Payton took a shot at one of their guys, their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, who's going to be calling plays, who's going to be designing plays for Zach Wilson throughout the course of the preparation this week and on Sunday out in Denver. Listen, there's a reason why we have the phrase bulletin board material. 
The, it, during the monotony of an NFL regular season and all the routine that players go with, coaches look for things that they can use to put the chip on their players' shoulders, to give the players that little extra oomph so they can have the attention to detail, so they can be energized and focused and go out there and perform and be the best version of themselves. Sean Payton already did them a solid because once he made those comments, he, everybody in that building in Florham Park were circling week five because they had an opportunity to do something about it. They can let their pads do the talking. Now, Stephen A., I'm going to take you in the way back machine and give you an example of how bulletin board material can work against you. I played for the Dallas Cowboys in 2007. We were 13-3. and three. 13 Pro Bowlers on that team. The road to the Super Bowl in the NFC came through Texas Stadium. Jerry Jones put NFC Championship game tickets in all of our lockers before the game. And you know who got wind of that? The New York Giants before that game. And the players told us after the game that was a bad move. They knew what happened, and they made a big deal of that. A team that the Dallas Cowboys smoked in the regular season, not once but twice, came into our house and beat us when it mattered the most. All I'm simply saying is bulletin board material matters. It can be motivation for players. All of that trash talk stuff, players can take that to heart, and that can give a team something to galvanize and rally around and have them play an opportunity, have them in an opportunity where they can play above what we've seen them before throughout the season. Man, the big thing is this, bro. Like, people look in locker rooms for any reason to be pissed off, for any reason to be hyped, for any reason to have a different feeling about the men standing across from you other than I'm getting paid for this, I'm out here to do business. So if Nathaniel Hackett can in some way inspire his team or in some way make his team feel like they've been wronged or they've been disrespected, he's going to do that. And if you're Zach Wilson, you heard Canty talk about a get, a get right game. If I'm Zach, do you ever, did you ever think that Zach Wilson could feel like, man, I am really excited to play this team because I'm actually better than they are. This is the week. <laughs> After the way Zach Wilson played against Kansas City, that actually is a good defense. And now watching the Denver Broncos just take the last two weeks. In the last two weeks, they gave up 100 points in two weeks. And that was to Tua Tagovailoa, who goes for 70. That's to Justin Fields, who you allowed to get right, and we see how that carry over. Zach Wilson's looking for the same thing. And Nathaniel Hackett is going to stare across the other sideline and know that this man just went out of his way to speak negatively, negatively on what another man is doing at the same job when it's not his business, when it's not what he's paid for. And when you walk into that locker room, this team does have a sense of pride, togetherness, and family. And they'll explain and they'll display that this weekend. Hey, I'm Molly Caram, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Stephen A. will be live in Miami with the ACC Huddle Crew 6.30 p.m. Saturday leading into the ACC Network primetime game that night between Georgia Tech and Miami. Going to be a good time, guys. Going to be a good time up in the Bay, too. Let's make some game picks. RC, I'll start with you. Who are you going with, Cowboys or Niners? I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're the most complete team in the NFC. Brock Purdy playing at a high level, doing what's asked to do, and also defensively, the way that they play, those two linebackers coming downhill, stop the run game with Tony Pollard, and they're able to put pressure on Dak. Rather than spend time answering that ridiculous question that was brought to me, because we know good and well, there's no way in hell I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys. I'm picking the San Francisco 49ers because of Purdy, IU, Debo, Kyle, Shan San uh, Kyle Shanahan, George Kittle, the whole bit. Wanted to throw this up there. I'm in the house. I'm in the house, y'all. Stevie A love the kids. I just got to let everybody know right here, right now. Oh, my god. I'm going to be speaking tonight here. I'm I hope you to kids tonight. have a great Caitlin time Clark. in Iowa, Stephen A. I Hold hope up. you enjoy it. Molly. Good job, brother. Yeah. Molly, Caitlin Clark, the superstar basketball yes, player. Deal. She and yes, I are yes, on the panel cool. together. That's I'm incredible. I'm hanging with her. That's my cousin. That's I'm hanging with her. That's amazing. She's taking me out. She's taking me out around. for a treat. Caitlin Clark and you. All right, RC, I'll see you Monday. SA, I'll see you as well. Have a great weekend, guys. Be safe. God bless.